hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Uh, It seems that from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, man, everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how do we cut through the noise? And when information overload leaves us frustrated, how do we sift through it all and choose what actually governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing and praying about these things, and we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff... How are you doing today, buddy? I am doing good. Very Excellent. good. Thank you for asking. Oh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate that courtesy, Joe. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to just be a little bit rote. It's personal. Yeah. We're people. I, I don't feel at all like that was an obligatory ask. I feel like you care about the recesses of my soul. <laughs> I d- do. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, that is today's question. Jeff, how are those recesses of your <laughs> they're, they're They're good. This is a private confessional. You can say. Yeah. Whatever you need to say, no one's listening. No one. Um, Yeah, well, we have another submitted question today, which is wonderful. Thank you, listeners and watchers, for sending those in. They're very, very helpful. But uh, one of our listeners asks this question, Jeff. He says, in today's culture, there seems to be perspectives that are shifting on kind of not only gender roles in general, but specifically in marriage yep. and kind of the context of how all this is playing out in our culture. How do you continue to navigate that in marriage? So it was just kind of a, a great thought that was thrown out there. So Jeff, I'll ask, how do we start to navigate this idea of gender roles, especially as a husband and wife? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it probably depends on what you mean by gender roles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, I would believe very clearly and strongly that there are two genders, mm-hmm. biological genders. There is a male and there is a female, mm-hmm. and that uh, gender is not something that can be chosen. That gender is something that God... Uh, create you with Mm -hmm. and then embracing that your maleness or your femininity uh, is um, is a part of embracing God's design for for your life so when we talk about marriage then Mm -hmm. we're talking about the marriage between a biological biologically born male and a biologically born female Mm -hmm. so a man and a woman and uh and then the context of how God might lay out that role in, in the Scripture. And so when we talk about those roles, um, what I will say is this uh, to begin with, is God's definition of the roles of a husband and a wife are very different than a society's definition of a role or a husband and wife. Yeah. And God's definition of those roles is rooted, I believe, uh, largely in Ephesians chapter 4, in which God says, submit to one another, mm-hmm. right? Uh, submit to one another. And then later on, uh, at the end of it, or in Ephesians chapter 5, it would talk about the submission of a husband to, to a wife, a submission of a wife to a husband. And then we do all of this because we're portraying God's um, love for his church and his church's responsiveness to Christ. So when you talk about gender roles or or the role of a husband and wife um, in marriage, you need to start with submission. 
and submission is not gender specific. Yeah, okay. So the the church I grew up in, the tradition I grew up in, uh, what you heard a lot uh, was women submit to men, mm-hmm. right? Wives submit to your husbands. And that, and that is, would be the culture's kind of assumption of what kind of a traditional church person would think anyway. That's correct. Yeah. And the church has taught it that way, sure. you know, for many generations. And, and, uh, and the assumption in that is that submission is the wife's job. Mm. And literally, you just go up a verse and you <laughs> see the, the proper heading of that, that whole um, uh, passage, and it puts it in context. So when Paul says, wives, submit to your husband, he's repeating himself. So he's saying... Uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and so wives, when you're submitting to your husband, yep. it looks like this. And then when he talks to the husband, he says, husbands, you should die to yourself for mm-hmm. your wife. And that's a submission, right? right? So I think that's that's a super duper important boundary uh, that, that we have to look at. And when I when I use the word submission, what the, what the word submission means biblically is to give the best of yourself to someone else. Mm. So as a husband, I'm to give the best of myself to my wife, Heidi, and Heidi is to give the best of herself of uh, to me, her husband. And I die to myself. Uh, when I do weddings, I will often look at the groom and I'll say, your hopes, dreams, ambitions, and ideas are now subject to your wife's well-being. You die to yourself, and she she takes precedent of your life investment. And then I'll look at the wife and say, the same thing's true of you, right? So in marriage, we quit being two independent people. And that idea of submission was abused quite a bit because we would look at a woman and we would say, uh, traditionally, the, the, the church would often teach that uh, as a woman, you should quit being an independent person mm. while your husband is an independent person. And I would look at a male and a female husband and wife and say, no, you both quit being independent people. Right. And you become a new thing. The two of you are joined together as one flesh and you become a new entity. So Joe and Mandy and Jeff and Heidi are not four people. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, there you and Mandy are one, and Heidi and I are one, and and that's the way that we we would function through life. As you go from there, then, uh, and you say, okay, I I'm a husband, I'm a wife. What are my roles? What I would then look and say, let's explore husbands. What it means to act as Christ does toward the church. Mm for your wife. Mm-hmm. So what does Christ do for the church? He cares for us. He protects us. He cleanses us. He leads us. Mm-hmm. He defends us. He teaches us. He is an example that we follow. See, that that Christ plays that role. Therefore, I play that role in my family. I'll often say a husband should be the spiritual leader or the priest of his home. Why? Because Christ is the spiritual leader and the high priest of the church, right? Uh, and that is my job as a husband. Yep. Now, ideally, that's how it works. 
And if you are a spiritual leader and a priest and a defender and a giver and a servant to your wife, it makes it a whole lot easier for her to respond as the church does to Christ. Right. To follow you, to trust you, to invest for you, to work with you, right? So when a husband is being like Christ, the idea that he's the spiritual leader of the home isn't really that big of a deal to a wife because he's leading her and his home selflessly. So it benefits her, <laughs> right, <laughs> right? Right. And when a uh, when a wife is helping her husband be the spiritual leader and cheering for him and supporting him and working along beside him, it's not that hard for him to lead her mm-hmm. because he has a help mate in in doing that right so ideally in a, in a like a perfect environment that's the way that those roles are are structured and they play out now the problem with all of that is you only get married to a sinner <laughs> right so <laughs> Heidi's is wonderful but she's a sinner and yeah. Jeff's uh, Jeff is functional but he's a sinner right <laughs> And so you have these two sinners married to each other, and there's times I don't want to lead, and I don't want to protect, and I don't want to be selfless. And there's times that Heidi doesn't want to help me, and she doesn't want to support me, and she doesn't want to give herself like the church would to Christ. She doesn't want to do that. And that's the conflict right? right that, that comes in. And so... Um, that is the spiritual battle we're actually talking about. Beyond that, I think what our listener is asking is like, does our ha- our home have to look traditional? Sure. And I'm like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, does a husband have to be strong and macho and know how to fix the car? I'm like, I don't know. David wrote poetry and sang and danced, mm-hmm. and he was a warrior, right? But I'm like, there was a pretty broad spectrum to his masculinity. Right, that's good. And does a wife have to cook and clean and stay home with the kids? I'm like, I don't know. Deborah was a judge. Mm -hmm. She was a governmental official that led Israel. Right. So I don't know that that is the way that that has to be. I'm not sure it has to look like, you know, uh, 1950s television or, you know, the first episode of WandaVision, right, I was just you know, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it has to look <clears throat> like that. Um, but I do think it has to look like two people giving themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that creates a safe environment. I think it then creates a safe and healthy environment to raise children in. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that the husband is the spiritual head of that home. Yeah, that's really good, Jeff. It's very, very helpful. Now I'm thinking about um, myself, I'm thinking about you, but I'm thinking about some of my friends' uh, husbands, where um, at least stereotypically we might admit that, like, I need to get hit upside the head with a two-by-four before I start to understand something. Yeah. So help us put a little bit of, like, you mentioned following Jesus in these concepts of giving and, and leading with love and sacrificing and stuff like that, but like, what does that start to look like on a day-in, day-out basis? Like, how how can we step into that type of a role as a husband? You know, I, I bet you most of the time, I'm trying to think of my own husbandry. I've been a husband almost 27 and a half years, coming up on 28 here. So, you must have got married when you were like seven. I, yeah, 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 I wish. <laughs> 
Um, most of the time when I'm frustrated as a husband, it's because I have expectations that go unmet mm. or because there's duties that need to be done and I didn't want to do them. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when I, uh, I work hard and uh, when, the ki- when our children were little, Heidi uh, stayed at home with our kids. Now she homeschooled them. <laughs> so she went to work every day, but she did it in our, in our home. And I remember coming home and like the house would be a mess. And I had an, I'm like, I, you've been home all day. Like clean the house, right? And you got the kids, it made the kids clean the house. And what's going on? And, and like that would, cause I'm a neat freak. So like that would really, really frustrate me. Well, I have a, I had an expectation, uh, probably unstated. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was actually mostly aggravated that I had to clean up. Mm. because Heidi, if we were fighting, she would be like, you try to do it. <laughs> and I, and I would, that's all it would take is I would stay home with the kids one day, try to even understand what the educational process was and let alone keep a house, let alone deal with babies simultaneously. And I'm like, Oh, I, I haven't walked a mile in her shoes mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, honestly, I didn't want a server. I wanted her to serve me. Right. So I remember very distinctly wrestling with the Lord on that and because we'd fight about it, and then the night was tense and blah, blah. And so I'm. this sounds so dumb. I remember deciding to release a messy kitchen to the Lord hmm. <laughs> and, and deciding that cleaning the kitchen – was a way for me to express love to my wife. Mm-hmm. And what was funny is I actually like to clean. I, I don't mind I don't mind it at all. I was just mad that I had to do something that I wasn't expecting to do or didn't want to do. Sure. Right. So it looks like seeing things that you want as opportunities to serve. That's really good. Uh, it looks like being proactive. It's fine if you have to tell your husband or or a husband has to tell his wife what they need. It's not fine if they have to do that all the time. Right. Uh, Because you'll say, I forgot. And the truth is you ignored and didn't care. Yep. So like, do you have to get hit upside the head with a two by four? I'm like, you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Now a little like, uh, hey, honey, you know, (laughs) that's a very different conversation. Um, But... When I see opportunities to serve as opportunities to love, cleaning, helping with the kids, sex, mm-hmm. uh, helping with the bills, providing, those are opportunities to express love. And if my job is to give the best of myself to you, mm-hmm. right, and I know what you need, then me withholding the best of myself from you while knowing that you need it is actually very unloving of me. And Christ would not do that, right? Jesus talks about, you know, if your earthly father will give you bread and protect you, would your heavenly father deny that from you? Like he he loves you. He's not going to deny you what you need, and what you want, but we'll do that in marriage because we feel that there's an entitlement or there's a debt. And by the way, you know, these are just two guys talking here. 
I'm talking to women also mm-hmm. um, because uh, women can be uh, are just as much of sinners as men are. Yep. And so we'll do that to each other. And what's what's hilarious is when we start serving each other, all the tension dies down and it becomes more. It becomes easier to serve each other. One hundred percent. Right. Yep. So that changes, like when you're newlywed, that's one thing. When you have little kids, it's another thing. When you got teenagers, another thing. It, it ebbs and flows. It moves back and forth. You know, um, Heidi uh, has always been incredible at like turning me loose. She's never been like a "you need to be home right now" kind of a <laughs> of a wife, and and so um, and I'm not trying to be gone, you know. But she's been incredible with that, and I've kind of been able to do what I felt like the Lord asked me to do. And I remember about five or six years ago, she talked to me about starting our gym. Uh, and she felt called by God to start that gym. And, and God's done incredible things through it. And uh, she talked to me the night before I was leaving the country for two weeks. <laughs> and so on that trip, I was like, you know, she did. She does this for me all the time. Mm. So me freeing her and helping her pursue her dream is literally me like returning to her what she does for me constantly. Mm -hmm. It's an act of love Mm -hmm. for me. So it looks like stuff like that, but it it usually, let, let let me say it this way, husband or wife, whatever part of your spouse that you resent is probably the area you need to serve them. Hmm. That's excellent. It, bring that up a little bit more. Like, say it again, first of all, because <laughs> I think that's something that we could lose in this listening, but then, like, help us dial into that a little bit extra. The, if, you're how, if you're a neat freak and, and your spouse is a clutter bug, you resent it. Mm-hmm. So clean for her. There you go. Um, if you have a low sex drive and your spouse has a high one and you're like, he's oh, all he ever wants is sex. Well then give yourself to him. Mm. Right. If you're good with money and they're bad with money, help with the money. Take the, take the pressure off. Yeah. Right. Um, and I could just keep going and going and going, but, but every marriage has this and it can be something little something huge but it's huge to you like every marriage has a reoccurring fight yeah, right every marriage does that fight is based in some level of self selfishness yeah where the two of you have decided that this is the battlefield you're going to dig your heels in on and uh, you're not going to serve and help each other with and so you and you think about that when when you're in bed and you're mad you're running that scenario through your head and and uh, all those kind of things. And the solution to that is not another fight, and it's not a, um, a get-even-ism. It's a servant's heart. Now, there is mental illness, and there are childhood wounds, and I, I want to acknowledge that. Like, there's things that we need help with, counseling mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm talking like the, uh, the everyday run-of-the-mill right. 
why don't you put my seat back after you drive my car mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Well, and even some of the stuff you just mentioned, those really hard, more unique type of seasons, if you find yourself resenting, you mentioned mental illness, for instance, you are God's gift to your spouse. Right. If they're going to walk through that journey, God gifted them, you, to walk alongside them, yeah. to navigate that, which is a beautiful picture of servanthood and the love that God calls us to in marriage. Now, I want to ask one more question here, because one of the things I, I love about how you're getting into this, that we're, we're supposed to um, serve each other, find that opportunity to give of ourselves to them, but where do we find that strength? One of the things I, I, I kind of hear you saying is sometimes I think we look to our spouse to fulfill our deepest needs. Right. Yep. Is that a correct perspective? No, it's not at all. If a, a, a couple years ago, I read a, a book by Timothy Keller on marriage, and the title is slipping my mind. At this Is it The Meaning of Marriage? No, it no. was... Um, Sacred Vow, oh, yeah. I think, is something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys Google marriage Timothy Keller, you should read anything Timothy Keller writes. <laughs> it is uh, awesome. He's fantastic. But um, I remember reading that book, and uh, he said, uh, anytime that I am looking to anything or anybody to meet God needs in me, I have created an idol. Mm-hmm. Maybe the book was on idols, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but when I'm looking, if I looked at Heidi and I said, you must help, you must correct my insecurity, <laughs> and you must correct my, well, she can't no. because she's not God. Mm-hmm. So me demanding that more and more is, impo- you must heal my heart. Well, she can't. Yep. She's not God, you know. Uh, you you must solve my father issues. Well, your husband can't do that. Yep. He's he's not God. And so what when I am responding to my spouse, I'm responding to God. And it's God's worship of me. I remember Heidi and I one time one, one of the things she said to me once it, it, I'll never forget it. We were fighting about something. We actually don't fight that much, but um <laughs> but we were fighting about something. It was a humdinger. I mean, we were after each other, right? And I, I am, I, you, this may shock you, but I'm very quick with my tongue <laughs> and very snarky. And if I'm mad, I'm a deadly weapon. And so I said something to her. I don't even remember what it was. And she turned around and she looked at me. And she, she, was, she was upset, but she was hurt. And she looked at me and she said, you would never talk to our daughter that way. Ooh. And I, I, it stopped me, and I thought, you're right. And if anybody talked to my daughter that way, I'd take their head off. Yeah. I, I, you know how teenagers wrestle around and goof off? I remember one time a, a boy, he's just being a kid, pushed my daughter, and you know they're laughing. And I walked up to him, I put my arm around him, I said, you ever push her again, I'll run you through that wall. <laughs> and he was like, ha, 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 yeah. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, no, that's my daughter. Mm-hmm. And to you, it's a friend. To you, you're showing off. The kid was fine, mm-hmm. but but I'm like, I wanted him to remember. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my baby girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, after her brothers are done with you, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
my wife, Heidi, is God's baby girl. Mm-hmm. Right? This is why the, the Bible says, uh, as a husband, if I am not kind and understanding of my wife, God won't listen to my prayers. The Bible says that. Yep. And why? I mean, you're going to hurt my daughter and then ask me for something? Right. right? And so I, th- I think, like, remembering that, like, I, I am a steward of my heavenly father's daughter, just like dad, uh, Norm, my father-in-law, dad, at, when he gave Heidi to me, he put her in my trust. It didn't, she didn't cease being his little girl. Right. And f- the father put Heidi in my trust. She didn't cease being his little girl. And my father-in-law, I, I love him and he mm-hmm. loves me. But if I hurt his little girl, he might take my head off. Right. Right? And I'm like, I have to remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and in my callous heart and in the heat of an ugly moment, um, you can forget that. Now, switch it. Right, so ladies, uh, wives, you can be just as nasty, and just as mean, and and uh, just as cutthroat, right? And sometimes it's very verbal, and sometimes it's very passive aggressive, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it's the same thing. This is your father's son, and he, he, the father, has charged his son with leading his daughter. And if the daughter chooses to be difficult or unleadable, that responsibility rests on the wife, yep. right? And so the there are times that um, men are passive and they're jerks and, and that happens way more than it ever should. Yep. And then there are times that there are women uh, wives who will not let themselves be led, and that happens more often than it should. And that's two, if we're talking about Christians, mm-hmm. that's two children of God not yielding to God. Right. Right? There is no place, zero, in the Scripture that the little woman's supposed to be a doormat and do what she's told. Zip. You will not find that. Yep. Right? Um, there is no place in the scripture where a man is led around by his nose. Mm-hmm. Zip, won't find it. What you have are two people leading each other and a husband who takes initiative and leadership and service like Christ did. Yep. And a, tr- and a, a wife that allows him to do that, right? Um, like, like the church does. And then there's all kinds of dysfunction, mm-hmm. and um, I look at I've had I've talked about this before, and some and inevitably there's a wife that will say, "But my husband won't. What do I do?" And I'm like, "Well, you you need to lead your own family and protect them." Then I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it's not like that, and that's where your brothers in Christ and the church and things like that we you know we try to fill a role, and then that happens the other way too, mm-hmm. where like suddenly I'm a single dad and my wife well. You need to get your kid, get your kids here, and let your sisters in Christ try to fill some of those gaps for them. And that's where we, as a church, love each other then yeah. and help each other through that. So good, and so um, such a lifelong journey. You know, if you're if you're listening and you're married, 
Um, this is not something that you can listen for 30 minutes on a podcast no. and now it's solved. It's something that you have to continue to go to the Lord about, continue to build each other up about, and especially in your marriage, always be diligent and intentional with. And I, and I like the way you say that, Joe. I, I agree with you. I'm not sure this is a problem. I think this is marriage. Sure. Yep. <laughs> and this is two sinners trying to be Christ-like. Yep. And um, for those of you who are listening who are parents— you would apply this thinking to parenthood. You would try to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with marriage. Um, Heidi loves me not because I'm an incredible husband. I think she loves me uh, in part because she knows I, I love her and I try to love her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I see you, big guy. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> You're really no good at it, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. So. She does say that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I am um, one last little twist here. If uh, if you clicked or ended up listening to this podcast and you made it this far and you happen to be single and you happen to be single and hoping or single and looking, I want you to really take a lot of what we talked about to heart. Yeah. And I think especially that idea that God is the one that fulfills you. I think one of the biggest temptations that uh, all of us that are even married at one point had is that our spouse, our future spouse will be the one that meets all those needs that we discussed. And um, it's really hard sometimes when you have those moments of loneliness or hopefulness not to go, well, when I finally meet the person, yep. everything will be fine. No, it'll be it, worse. <laughs> it will. It will. Yeah. Like, like if you compromise in marriage um, because you're hopeful, mm-hmm. you'll be miserable. Yep. So hold out for what's strong. And let me say this too. Everything we talked about applies to dating. 100%. Yeah. And so it, it, you're looking for this health and this interaction in your dating life. Like if, if that if that guy doesn't care about your spiritual life, he really won't care after you're married. Right. And if that girl uh, is cynical and 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 uh, cranky with you now, she you're she's gonna be a basket case when you get married. <laughs> Marriage amplifies good and it amplifies bad. So you want to see this in a, in a healthy relationship. I, I listen, uh, I meet with people sometimes that want to get married, and they're on the verge of marriage, and the the girl doesn't even know where the guy stands spiritually. Yeah. And I think, oh my goodness, buddy, you're, you're in for a disaster, or vice versa. Um, and then what happens, all this applies to, to dating, and sex and dating confuses all of it. Yep. Sex and marriage enhances all of it. Sex and dating confuses all of it because it, it it causes you to feel emotions which are false. Yep. Sex and marriage causes you to feel emotions which are true. Right. And they're in a safe environment and a kept environment. So. Well, rewind that and write that down because uh, that was a very succinct way to talk about sex in and outside of a godly marriage. So... So, so good. Well, thank you, listener, for submitting this question. Uh, for some of you, this might have sparked more questions, and you might want to get deeper into a topic or ask more questions about relationships, dating, marriage, whatever. We want to encourage you to do that. You can always go to bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages and submit those questions, and we get to them as soon as we can. Um, and of course, we want to journey with you. You know, this podcast is not just some information we want to put out there in the podcast airwaves or in your next queue uh, or on your next YouTube playlist. We want to journey 
journey with you uh, in your spiritual walk with Jesus. And so if you need those relationships, if you need that community, we want to encourage you to reach out, send us a direct message, connect with us as a church, and we'll help you find those resources, those people, and those outlets to begin growing in those ways uh, in your walk with Jesus. Always remember, you can subscribe and follow us uh, wherever you're watching or listening from. Always remember, you can join us on the weekends, whether in person here in the Akron area or online, and uh, we would love to meet you and have those conversations with you. Well, thanks again for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.